So we are blessed today because we have um, one of our own, a very nice young lady, a very nice, a sweet young lady, and um, she's quite a teacher, you know? It's interesting, you know, because uh, I look around this room, I know a lot of us have, you know, really kind of done a lot of things. I'm kind of looking at Phoebe, but um, who has, you know, just done all sorts of missions work and these kind of things. But a lot of us, we all have done plenty of things, you know, for Jesus. So we're kind of not beginners, so to speak. So um, Nancy uh, definitely is someone that has a word. And so without further ado as they work on the markers. <laughs> I'll hand it over to Nancy. Thank you. Thank you. Yep, my name is Nancy Carl, and I'm really glad to be here today um, to share with you. Um, I, you know, when Mark told me what, you know, what day he wanted me to speak, well, actually, we picked a day, and then it had to change, and then we picked another day, and it had to change. So this is like the third time it was, this is, so I'm really ready to go because I've had the same word the whole time. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, and I'll be honest with you, you know, the last couple of weeks personally have just been kind of rough. My mom's had some health challenges about two weeks ago, and so, I, you know, I felt coming up to this like, I was like, okay, God should, do I need to do this? I just feel really spent. I feel really um, like I just don't have much to offer. And, you know, I felt like he really said to me, he said, be willing, get up there, open your mouth, and my word will, my Holy Spirit will teach what I've given you. You know, that I'm going to share the words, but the Holy Spirit is going to work in your heart to tell you what he's saying to you as well. So I'm excited about that, and I think this is going to be really good. So what I'm speaking about is the whole idea of how do we live in this world now? Like with all the stuff going on, all of our personal circumstances, how do we live in a way that, you know, we're not walking around like going, oh, everything's bad, or this is going wrong, or how do we live with victory? How do we live in a sense of who God is in the day we're in today. And um, so, and it's just really simple. So I always love it. God always gives me something simple and he always gives me something that I need to hear. You know, they always say, preach out of what you know, out of what God's given you victory in. And, and that's a great, probably the best way to approach it. But I always feel like God gives me something to say that's what I need to hear and what he's working on me on. So this is a message for me as well as a message for you. So, and I'm gonna pull this over here a little ways. I'm not gonna write a lot on it, but it makes me feel good to write something on a board. So I've got three things we'll be talking about that kind of build on each other. So the first is the foundation. I'm just gonna draw it like that and then we got Another thing that builds on it, and then the top thing up here. So we're going to talk about three subjects that kind of build on each other, and I think lead you where um, you know God wants us to go. So this first thing about living in today's world, and the basically the foundation of what it means to be a Christian, 
is relationship. And this is relationship with God. So, we, and I can't write real neatly, so you can decipher my, my chicken scratch. So, um, But relationship is the foundation of our entire lives with God. You know, he didn't, um, Jesus didn't come and die for, you know, an organization. He came and died for us as individuals and to have a relationship, bring us back into relationship with God. So the foundational thing of our lives is that relationship. Um, and, you know, in order for us to be content, to be strong in this world, to be okay with, you know, living a life right now, I think we have to feed our spirit. When we got saved, we were born again in our spirit. And so our spirit needs to be fed. In John, um, let's see, John 3, 5 through 6, um, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, and he gets into quite a conversation about what it means to be born again. But he answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So we all have a spirit that we've been born again with. And if we don't spend time in a relationship with God, then our spirit kind of is like a plant that you don't water. It kind of gets shrivelly. It's sub subject to all kinds of things. And so if we're not feeding our spirit, then, you know, it's tough because we don't have much of a foundation when we're not um, in that place. And, and plus, that's really the reason why God's done everything he has, is so we can have that relationship. So it's the desire of his heart to be in that relationship with us. And, you know, when you're born again, you, you have that, but if you're not feeding it, if you're not watering it, if you're not, you know, Jesus said, you know, eat of my body, drink of my blood, you know, and that turned off some of his disciples when he said that because it was such a kind of hard saying and they didn't understand exactly what he meant. But, you know, a lot of it has to do with how do we approach God and, you know, that he is the source for, the, for our life, our internal life. And, um, and the other thing, you know, even Jesus was subject to this as far as needing it. You know, there's lots of reports in the Bible of Jesus spending time alone to talk to God. Um, there's one Luke 5, 15 through 16. However, the report went around concerning him, Jesus, all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he, him, he himself often withdrew in the wilderness and prayed. So, you know, there's that time that we all need that's just a practical fact of life to, to grow and to listen to what God's saying, to hear him. And I thought it would be nice because one of the reasons we come together in community is because we all learn from each other. And, you know, we can go around 
and just think things in our head, but you know, we're not going to think of everything. So I thought it would be neat to spend a few minutes talking about how do you get that time or what is the way you connect with God on a regular basis. Um, you know, one of the things I've found that I really like is I just, a few months ago, got an app on my phone called Dwell, and it's an audio Bible app. And they just have basically every version of the Bible with several different people narrating, and you can switch between them, and you can, you know, listen to stuff different ways. It's just a really nice app for listening to the Bible, and I find that that helps me a lot just having that on a regular basis. So I thought I'd ask anybody else have a special place or a way that you connect with God on a regular basis that really works for you? Anybody want to say anything? Ira. At my primary job, I have to walk about 10 miles a day uh, in the downtown Myrtle Beach, and so that gives me lots of time to pray. <laughs> I'm just walking. <laughs> At the same time, it gives me an opportunity to prayer walk the entire downtown area. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, I know I heard, I forget who it is, one of the big evangelists said his mother, that like they had, he had like 10 kids, like there were 10 siblings, and she would throw her apron over her head in the middle of the kitchen to find time to pray. Like, she would just throw her apron over her head just so she could shut them out for a few minutes and pray. <laughs> so, who else? Miss Carol? I, too, use, uh, use apps, uh, more than one, but mostly YouTube. Because they have scripture reading on YouTube, they have soaking music on YouTube, they have music, just regular music <clears throat> on YouTube and keeping that going. I also recently received, I've been looking for several years and not found one I wanted. I didn't want to spend the money on. They look like they were junk. But I've been looking for a CD player because I'm old and I have CDs, right? And I, wanna, I want to be able to listen to them. And the only place I could do that is in my car. And so unless I'm driving a long trip, it, I only get one song. So I like that. And I received... Uh, a gift of a CD player, and I have that going all day long in my house because it just repeats and repeats and repeats. And I think that just having his word or his music throughout the home brings that peace, brings that contentment, brings that communication with him. I also do a lot of reading. Yes. I, I live right... Um, at a place that's connected, we have the um, ocean right there, and I like to go out there by myself, and it used to be walking, but now I'm doing more sitting, and so it, it's just, you know, that's a huge prayer room. I mean, you just look out at the ocean, and the sunrises or the sunsets are just, it, it's amazing. I do a lot of apps also, and um, I drive a lot for a living. So I, I listen to a lot of audiobooks, audio Bible. You can either get that also, and I do the YouTube. But if as long as I stay plugged in all the time and I'm constantly listening, it doesn't matter what's happening during my day. 
It's like I constantly have Holy Spirit speaking to me all day long, regardless of what's going on around me. He's like, yeah, no, don't engage. Yeah, no, what did I just say? Or, or a song. He'll just drop a song in that moment. I'm like, ah, thank you. So it's like he's constantly rerouting me during the day, and people get to see that, and then they just want to hang around you all day. And they don't know, understand the why, but that's because I'm constantly tuned into him to, through tons of different apps. Anybody else want to share? Mama. Well, most days I'm home by myself all day. And um, <coughs> I have ample opportunity to listen to stuff on my iPad. I, I listen to a lot of preaching, a lot of uh, word. And I think about the Lord. I think about him. And I talk to him. And he talks to me. <laughs> Good. Anybody else want to share something? Oh. Yeah, I'll get about an hour earlier than I need to, and I'll I'll pray in the mornings, and it's just kind of interesting because I usually kind of have some set stuff I'll pray about, but, but you know, it seems almost like it takes longer and longer to get to the set things, you might say, like praying for the nation, this kind of stuff, and, and uh, you know, some of us just like, you're just kind of caught in this thing of like, I worship you, I honor you, I praise you, and it's just amazing how that can linger and stay with you throughout the day, you know. Um, I do on the way to work. Um, I started this maybe a few, three or four years back, just thanking the Lord. And I go through and just thank him for a good night's sleep, for waking up, um, you know, for my family, for our vehicles, for our home, you know, and just to be grateful. And then I start, I started praying for favor, you know, just divine favor. And that has totally switched my life in my career and in, in everything so okay yeah and, and just to kind of highlight that there's so many different ways that people really connect with God and I think you know there's just pure up prayer just asking God for the things we need or for things for other people I think thankfulness you know telling God how thankful we are praising him for who he is there's, you know, and there's things as simple as soaking, where you just listen to music that draws you, to, you know, into God, and you just kind of let your mind kind of just be silent and just see what God's saying to you. There's journaling. I've done journaling in the past, not so much now, but that's just writing out what you think God's saying to you and also your prayers and just having a written record kind of of your conversation with God over a period of time can really help. Um, Trying to think what else. What? Oh, there's also art. Crystal's in this um, doing, um, you know, art projects, especially art journals, things like that can really help people just to, you know, just connect with what God's saying to them and with who he is. And I think, you know, all of those ways help us feed our spirit and help us to maintain that connection to God and to have that foundation that's going to be kind of 
you know, that we just have to have in order to overcome, in order to, you know, direct ourselves towards God when life is going on around us. Because um, it's really easy to get pulled off track. Okay. Um, the next thing is, I'm going to put remembrance. Oh, that one doesn't work. I guess I won't have another color. We'll just use black again. <laughs> and what I'm calling remembrance is holding on to, well, number one, it, reading the Bible, hearing the written word of God, and knowing what it says. Because we have, you know, there's so many stories in the Bible that just encourage us to connect with who God is in our lives and what he's done in the past. And when we can, you know, have those things in our lives, you know, that's really important. So this is, you know, part of this is the written word. But then the other part of it is what has God said to us? What are the specific, you know, we often call it the rhema words, the words that, you know, where a scripture just jumps out to us and God really speaks to us through that. Or he tells us something specific that he's working on in our lives or that he's trying to accomplish. So there's, um, you know, the spoken word of God to us. So having both of those things as a... Um, you know, part of our regular lives. Yeah, and I think this is one way in the modern church has kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater a bit from more traditional churches is, you know, in the Jewish faith as well as in traditional churches, they have ceremony, they have things that cause them to remember. You know, they have celebrations, they have things that bring this remembrance to the congregation, where we kind of just, you know, everybody's like, oh, you know, it's easy to live day to day and not look back and go, what has the Lord done? And, you know, I think one of the most powerful things we have in a congregation is the power to tell each other testimonies of what the Lord has done. Having that visible, you know, continual reminder of how great God is and how much he loves us, how much he's involved in our lives, how, you know, just spectacular he can be in our circumstances when we need him. If we don't, if we don't have that kind of foundation of knowing that's who God is and what he's capable of, it's easy to get just down, get discouraged, get, you know, not, not having that active in our lives. Um, and I don't, I mean, this isn't something I've really been great at, but I would love to have a short conversation of, do any of you guys have a practice that you do on a regular basis that helps you remember, like that's kind of a celebration of things that God's done in the past, either things in the word that he's done or things specifically in your life that he's done, a way of bringing those things to mind. Yep. Okay. 
So having a written journal where you can go back and look at those words and look at the things that God's done. I know um, I'm forgetting his name right at the moment, but the speaker we had earlier this year, he talked a lot about that. Um, yeah, Bob Sorge. He, um, he likened it to having somebody throw you a football and you catch it, but are you running with it? You know, are you remember, you know, don't drop the ball is was his way of putting it is when the Holy Spirit gives you something, don't drop the ball and just forget it. And he talked about having journals where he goes back through them on a daily basis and just kind of reminds himself what the God, what God's speaking to him at the moment. So that's a powerful way to do that. Um, You know, and of course we have Easter and Christmas that we celebrate that are great ways of remembering who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Um, anything else? Anybody have any other ideas or things? I know, Ira, you've celebrated more of the Jewish feasts, um, which are powerful and uh, remind us of what God's done. Yeah. Yeah, reminding us of what God's done, but also what he's going to do, what's coming. So, um, you know, I'd encourage anybody, if you want to get involved in remembering the Jewish feast, I think that's a really powerful way to, um, you know, just observe something that helps you to celebrate who God is and what he's done. Um, so, you know, and I think this part of it is just... You know, reminding ourselves of what we know about God. You know, because it's easy to get lost in everyday stuff and not remember who God is. Because, you know, he's our savior. He's our provider. He's already done so much in our lives. So when we look to the future and we're seeing issues and problems and things going on or we're having a difficulty, you know, God's the same today as he was yesterday. And he's the same today as he's going to be tomorrow. So when we remember those things, then we're like, oh, yeah, God's got this. I remember what he did. So, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, pictures. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, having pictures that help you remember who you know, where you were, what was going on, what God did. That's a great way. I mean, Facebook memories. Most of us have them. <laughs> so it is a way to remember who God is for us. Um, so, you know, as we get to this, I mean, my, my third point, and this is kind of the, the point of the message, and it's, and I kept struggling with this word, but I felt like God keep, kept giving it to me. And that word is retribution. And it's a really strange word to use here, but it's the retribution of God. And not against us, but against the enemy and what he's trying to accomplish in the world. And what I'm saying, what I, I felt like God was saying is when we have this relationship and we're reminding ourselves of who God is, then it's a lot easier to be obedient to him when things come up and to see his working in our life. And let me give you a couple of examples from the scripture. Um, 
when the spies went into the promised land, they, you know, the Israelites had been wandering around in the wilderness, or they weren't wandering at that point. They actually crossed the wilderness, got to where they were supposed to be, sent some spies in to check out the land that God had told them was theirs, and eight of them come back and say, oh, there's giants, there's people, they're going to kill us. We can't go in there. That's not going to work. And two came back, Caleb and Joshua, and their, their report was, the land we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And I'm just like, you know, it wasn't, oh, we as Israelites, we're mighty and strong. We just came out of slavery, so I'm sure we can take care of those guys. No. Their thing was, the Lord has given them to us. The Lord has done it. So it's like they knew that the battle wasn't going to be theirs to win. Their thing was to be obedient to what God was saying, to go into the land, to occupy the land. You know, the Israelites, I mean, literally it says they tried to stone these guys after they said this, and that that was the cause for the Israelites wandering in the desert for 40 years, and that entire generation died before they could enter the promised land, except for Caleb and Joshua. And, you know, that's how serious, whether we believe what God's saying, or we think, you know, we're, if we're looking at ourselves, we think, oh, I can't handle that. You know, I'm, this is always going to be my life. This is, this situation's, you know, just going to keep going. This, you know, we just see all this stuff around us, and it's easy to get discouraged. But when you see who God is, and you're remembering all the things he's done in the past, and you've got a relationship with him where you're listening to him, then you can be obedient. And all of a sudden, God starts working, and he tells you what to do. And all of a sudden, the sky's the limit, because you can't do it, but surely we all know God can do it. And what he asks us to do sometimes doesn't make any sense. Like, when they finally did get in the promised land, and they're taking on the city of Jericho, he's like, oh yeah, I go around and just march around it. Go ahead, just march around the city, it'll be good. I mean, nobody's going to believe that, but... They had spent 40 years following God as a pillar of fire and a cloud and got all their food from him for 40 years. So these people, they knew God could do whatever he wanted to do. And so they believed him. And Jericho's, the walls just fell down. You know, they just fell down. They didn't do it. They shouted at them. You know? So... When we look at the circumstances in our lives, or the things we're facing, or even the things our society is facing, and we see them as being way too big, way too crazy, we can't handle this, you know, just back up and remember what he's already done and the relationship you have with him, 
and start listening to obey what he's saying so that when he starts moving, you know the solution's here. You know that you've got something that's really going to work, and it's not out of your effort. I mean, I've got the most classic example of this, and I'm just going to read it just because I love to read this scripture. But it's David about to face Goliath. He's this basically teenager. Nobody around him believed he could do anything about Goliath. You know, he, in 1 Samuel 17, I'll start at verse 45, you know, he's gone on to the field, and Goliath has come out, and is facing him, and Goliath's, like, laughing at him. He's like, you're not even, you're not even a soldier. What are you doing out here? And David says, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that this is a God, that there is a God in Israel. Then all of this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So again, David's like, you know, I'm here and I'm going to kill you, but not because I can kill you, but because God's going to give you to me. You know, it's not me. I'm not the mighty one here. It's God. And I happen to know that he wants me to kill you. So I'm going to do it. Not that I recommend going out and doing that to anybody, but <laughs> you get the idea. And so when we you know, face these circumstances, it's to stay, take that step back and realize in order for me to fight, I need to know that God's doing it. I need God to take over this battle. And like I said, a lot of times our part of it is being obedient because God has a whole lot more options for dealing with a situation than we have. You know, we think, oh, I need money, I need to work harder for it. Oh, I, you know, need a place to live that's better. You know, I've got to go look for apartments, and I'm probably going to have to move a long way away because I don't have the money for this. We think, oh, I'm having a health issue, and not that doctors aren't good, but I'm thinking, oh, I need to go to this doctor and this doctor and this doctor. Um, so it's taking that step back and going, God, what are you saying? And, you know, I see this problem of childhood poverty. Oh, you know, what am I supposed to do about that? But listening, is God saying something to you? Is he saying, oh, I've got an idea. I just need somebody willing to do it. I need you to open up your hands. And that's what I, you know, I felt part of today is, you know, me just opening up my hands and going, God, I don't feel this. I don't feel like I've got what I need to say, but I know you do, and I know you're speaking, and I know you're moving in people's hearts, and so I'm willing to stand up here and maybe not sound all that great, but, you know, are we willing to be obedient and just let God be God and let him move in our lives and on our behalf? in situations that we can't do anything about.
Um, seeing if I forgot anything. You know, I'll just share one more story with you, just a personal thing. And that's that, you know, you know, I'm a single woman. My mom lives with me. Um, I have a house, you know, a car. It's easy to worry about money. It's easy to say, oh, this needs to be done to the house. How long is this car going to last? You know, to have those things on your mind. But I grew up with my mom as a single mom, and we had very little, and I never went hungry. I never didn't have a roof over my head. I never had a time when I doubted that I was provided for. And that was because my mom trusted the Lord. And so when it comes to money situations and, oh, should I work harder? Should I do this? Should I do that? Sometimes I have a hard time taking it seriously, which isn't necessarily the best thing. But <laughs> just, just because I don't, I don't equate my ability to make money with God's ability to provide for me. And that's from experience and from knowing the Lord and knowing the Bible and knowing that what he says is true, that he is my provider. So, you know, I just, that's a personal example for me. There's other areas where, hey, I'm still working on it. But that one, you know, I feel like God's really given me confidence in. And um, so I just want to see, you know, I feel like I just want to end with if you guys would like prayer or how should we end this? Anybody? Yeah, let's, let's just have a time of prayer. And if anybody would like to come up, and I'd like to pray for you. And um, I just think, you know, this is a big word, retribution of God. But I think he is so ready to take care of some things in your life. He is so ready to solve some problems for you. And he is so ready to be there and, you know, just take care of things that you've been burdened with. And, you know, I'd just like to pray for that, to give us um, just a real breakthrough in overcoming and really being in these, this place and letting it lead us to this place. Because it's, yeah, these seem pretty mild and very, oh, yeah, I'm just going to sit in my room and do these things by myself kind of thing. This is when we really get a fire and we say, no, God's real. He's real in my life. He really can do things in my life. This is when we really take these things and start looking at our lives and going, you know, why isn't this different? What is God wanting to do? Because he's willing to fight on my behalf. So I will go ahead and turn this off and just, oh, yep. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pray for you this morning. 
you know, the scripture came for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for pulling down strongholds. So I'm sitting here listening to you, and I'm going, oh, my goodness, God, she's hitting target right dead home with me. And he pulls me up at another scripture here, and it's in Zechariah. And this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the top stone amid shouts of grace, grace to it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of the Lord have laid the foundations of the house. His hands shall complete it. Now, the reason I feel like I should say it is you've, you've really ministered to me, and I'm going to let you pray for me. Because in this last six months, I've gone through probably the most difficult time in my whole life. And I have gone over and over and over with how God's been so faithful to me. But the thing that I wanted to say when you said, how does God speak to you? Sometimes I've, I look through my history, you know, cause, and, and it's just like David. And he killed the lion and then he killed the giant. You know, it just it excels. God picks it up on one more pace so that we can, can grow more. And then all of a sudden, there was one time I just kept everywhere I would go, God was telling me to step out. And I'm talking doing radical stuff, pretty radical for me. And all of a sudden, I would get out of my car, and the dove, a dove would sing. And I'd go, God, you know, I, how could you know I desperately needed a sign or something to speak? And it would happen over and over. And then through this situation, God's given me another bird that sings. And it sounds like this bird's just celebrating it. So it doesn't actually resolve the issue as much as you saying God's tracking with me. He's with me. He's with me. I'm going through the wilderness. I'm going through the heat. I'm in this by myself except for Holy Spirit. And the conversations I've had with God has really helped me grow. And now it's really to the point he's really asked me to lay it all down and say, okay, God, it's you or it's not. And that's where I am. So I'm saying thank you for this, this teaching. Thanks. And that actually reminded me of one other thing I did want to say. It's just to acknowledge, you know, sometimes it's just hard. You know, we go through hard things. And God doesn't always change our circumstances, you know. Paul went through a shipwreck. Yeah, it was pretty miraculous. But do you want to be on a ship that's sinking? No. <laughs> There's a lot of things in the Bible that were miraculous, but... There was a lot of situations that were really hard, and, you know, we have to just, you know, that's where we get our strength is when we turn to God, and he's with us in that situation. Maybe not changing it, but he's changing us. And so, you know, it's finding out what is God's purpose in this? What is God's, where is he at in this situation that he's working with us on it? So, um. Anyway, so I will open it up to prayer, and I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much.